0: Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 50. I'm Evan Marinovsky, back here with Connor Ryan. Yes, I'm back from vacation. Connor killed it last week, doing it all on his own, which people don't realize is not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. Not that we don't have a lot to say, but talking for 45 minutes straight uh, is not exactly the greatest thing in the world for uh, the voice box. So maybe I'll do the majority of the talking today. You're, You're resting up. You had to rest up for a bit after that.
1: Yeah, the the good thing though, Evan, is that at least we had to talk about like all of Reckman Lassen and like it's very easy to get wound up as to why the Bruins shouldn't get him because he's been legit like garbage over the last like two years. Like not, not like kind of bad. Like not like oh, a little reclamation product. No, he costs a crap ton of money. And my God, he has been absolutely dreadful. So, uh, riffing off of that for about 20 minutes did a pretty good job. So, shout out to Oliver ekman lasson for hopefully contributing in the one positive way he will on uh, any Bruins discussions. Because if the Bruins get him, it would not be great.
0: Did it just come out that the Coyotes are only uh, they only want to retain like 1.25 million of a salary? Is that what yeah. number I saw?
1: Yeah, which uh, just the latest in just uh, a clown a clown show operation I have out there. I mean, this is a team that. Uh whether it's the fact that they can't even pay off their own bills for their own arena, which is far away outside of the actual city of Phoenix to uh, having a horrible farm system to all of their uh, absolute, you know, mishandling of the draft the last couple of years with some of the guys they picked um, coupled with the fact that they lost their first round pick for, I think it was like improper, like draft testing. I, I don't know what the exact thing is, but it was losing a first round pick because of it. Um. To now, the new thing is moving Carnegie Island because they don't want to pay a guy who has been their best forward for probably the last two years, which yeah. seems like he's well in line to get a simple pay raise. I think he was making seven hundred seventy-five thousand last year, so. Would seem like he's more than due for that. I would say, Evan. Uh, Yeah, not not gonna pay that guy, but then trying to still have leverage when you've got a busted ass uh, defenseman that you're trying to offload. So, uh, great rationale from that team. Good to see the NHL is continue to prop up a franchise like that that seems to slowly be dying in the desert. So, yeah, we we open this podcast just by burying the Coyotes, but you know what? They deserve it. That, That franchise is a joke.
0: I was going to say, we're off to a hot start, just absolutely ripping, ripping apart the Coyotes, which as you said, very well deserved. I mean, just a joke, uh, down there in the desert. So funny that like Vegas in like four years completely overtook them as like the team in the desert. So happy to see that. Uh, yes, Connor Garland as well. That stuff is great. We'll get into that probably later in the offseason as that becomes a little bit of a bigger story. Um, By the way, we didn't even say what episode this was. It was episode 50, which is the Jonas Gustafson episode. Of course. There's no other 50s. I don't think there's any other 50s that I can think of. Maybe Brendan Gauntz would be the other. I don't think there's any other big 50s, um, in any point in Bruins history. Now someone's going to be like, Oh, you don't remember on the 76 team, uh, this number 50? And I'll be Nope, don't. I don't remember them, but I don't think there was. So the Jonas Gustafson, we'll stick with Jonas Gustafson as the episode, uh, guy for this episode i was pissed i missed the rich Peverly episode i was so mad i love rich so unfortunately missed out on him uh there is some recent news with the bruins uh nhl awards uh, dropped on tuesday night uh no bruins won anything but uh, a lot of encouraging things from Marcian and mcavoy marshanna finished his first team uh all-star uh he also finishes fifth in the heart trophy voting which is pretty sick and Charlie McAvoy, fifth in the Norris. Now, I think McAvoy could have maybe gone fourth or third, but goes fifth, whatever. Um, your first impressions on all of that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I going into this did not think Well, when we didn't know that we knew they weren't going to win because I don't think they were announced as finalists anyway. But uh, I think it could have made the argument for especially I think McAvoy uh, finishing like, you know, third, maybe. Um I think probably the biggest issue probably with that top three finish is probably Hedman who I think he's the one kind of holdover from like the reputation vote. And I will say, I think, uh, some awards this year were like the Bergeron Selkie one will still, you know, make me rip my hair out. But, uh, for the most part, I think a lot of voters are at least taking more time to look at some of the underlying numbers and, uh, you know, blending that into their rationale of how they approach these things, because I think if this was five years ago, Adam Fox, and probably even like Kiel McCarr like wouldn't even probably finish close. I think probably especially Adam Fox, where maybe he, he's not as dynamic as, you know, if you're just doing an eye test with a guy like Makar, or you watch him in the ozone, you're like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. Uh Granted, Fox is still a very good player too, but I think he'd be a guy that maybe wouldn't be seriously considered if it wasn't four or five years ago. So it's good to see that, it uh, seems like some of the league voters are taking that more into account. Um, but if you're a McAvoy, yeah, I think finishing fifth, um, I think he doubled where he finished last year. I want to say he finished 10th last year, I want to say. So um, for him, it's, I think, what we expected. It's what the Bruins expected when you kind of gave the keys to him uh, for the defense moving on from Dino Chara, that he would thrive with more minutes, more responsibilities. And that was the case this year. Um. And from the Bruins perspective, you have to look at it as being, you know, this is like his ceiling has still not been set at all yet, right? I mean, he could go in next year and average 24, 25 minutes a game. Uh, if he gets more looks on the power play, the top power play unit, you know, if he's a guy who plays the way he did this past year, but adds an extra 15 points to his stat line. Teams start taking some voters start taking more notice on that. You know, it's not always fair that you know the offensive production is a bigger determinant in the Norris voting, but um, it's something that I think you have to expect that McAvoy is going to hit going forward. I mean, he he was. You can make the case he was the MVP of the Bruins this past year, if not him or Marshan. So to have him make that jump up to you know top five voting. Uh, I think it's definitely a, a positive sign for him and a positive sign that I think voters are keeping tabs on him because again, McAvoy is also a guy that if you're just a casual fan or you're just, you know, you don't watch the Bruins and you watch him just a random, I don't know, game and match against like the Blackhawks, he's not a guy that, you know, the, his highlight reel is as crazy as like a, even like a headman or, or a Makar, obviously, but you just watch kind of the, the little things he does, whether it's transition game, breakouts, uh obviously the minutes he logs shutdown minutes uh physicality for for being a top pairing guy um he's got it all so to have him get recognized in that I think is probably a positive step forward and uh for people who are upset that probably he didn't finish higher I think it's a fair bet to assume that he's going to be uh in the running for quite a few years going forward most likely higher than fifth too
0: yeah I I think everyone kind of thinks that McAvoy is definitely going to be a top three guy within the next year or two. I wouldn't be surprised to see him even get a lot higher next season. And you're right though. It's funny because a few years ago, it goes to show how far advanced analytics have come and how popularized they've become that a few years ago, I don't even know if Fox makes the top three, like just because they went so much off of of points and reputation and how big you were. And that was how Hedman got got a bunch of notoriety. So it is good to see guys like Fox up there and, and McAvoy and, and so it's funny. Kel McCarr gets second UMass, uh, but you're right. M- McCarr is kind of the guy who is, is all sort of, uh, flash and sort of, you know, uh, you notice him more than anybody else, uh, which I think, you know, and by the way, he's super effective, like deserves to be in the top three. He'll win a Norris at some point too. Um, but it is an interesting thing that the top two guys are, you know, second year guys, McAvoy, young guy, um, you know, a good amount of young guys in that top, in that top 10. So definitely good for the league. Definitely good for the league that they have those guys up there. Safe bet that Charlie McAvoy gets himself a Norris or close to one in the next coming years. And even safer bet is our friends at bet online.
1: Absolutely. Evan, listen up guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. The Red Sox are playing and playing pretty well. Uh, The Celtics have a new head coach and what might be a very interesting summer for them. And the Bruins are right now kind of just chilling, but it should be a good off season for them as well.
0: Craig Smith's out uh, sightseeing.
1: He's out gallivanting. I saw that he was everywhere doing the full freedom trail. Yeah. But listen up, guys, even if you haven't made it back to Fenway just yet, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or the play is a play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. We even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I, I don't think anyone beats that.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you on this. I don't think anybody beats that as well. So, so
1: what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50. That's clns 50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts.
0: Go there now. So the other uh, piece of award news as I mentioned, Martian finishes first team. Well-deserved. Uh, finishes fifth in the Hart Trophy voting, which is very big. It's, all, it's crazy to think you finish top five in anything. But to finish top five in MVP is pretty <laughs> sick. Um and it just hits at the point, and this is something a lot of Bruins media have been pushing for a, a while, Bruins fans as well. Marshan's the top left wing in the game. And I and it's good to see that the rest of the league is starting to take notice. And I think the reputation he had of being a rat and being dirty or whatever is kind of gone. And the fact that he's a really effective two way left wing um is huge. Is huge. And I think that as you start to see uh, you know, I don't know if we're ever gonna see him win a heart. Again, I don't know if I ever see him surpassing McKinnon, McDavid. I mean, really just McDavid. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think anybody surpassing 100, McDavid. 100 out
1: of 100, 100 first-place votes. Kinda, yeah. gonna ran away from it. So there's no, no need to hang your head if you're Marshand or any of these other guys who came up short.
0: Thankfully, no one messed that up. Thankfully, no one was like, eh, McDavid's second. You know, we're going to put Matthews it's first. It's
1: going to be – yeah, it was going to be definitely like a, someone putting Matthews on there, but –
0: yeah, I'm glad that they got that one right. They got pretty much everything right, the voters did at least, uh, which I think is uh, always a positive thing. But back to Martian, good to see him solidifying himself as the top left wing in the NHL. Um, how, how much better can he get? Like, because he's, he's, he's in his prime. He's indirectly in his prime. You wonder how many of these years he's got left. What is left with him?
1: Yeah, it's tough to kind of map out how much longer he can play at his peak, but you also have to wonder, in this kind of level he's playing at right now, is there still another gear he can hit? You know, like, is there still something that, you know, even if it's maybe another one- or two-year peak, can he be a dude who gets over a full season like hundred 110 points or something? You know, like, uh and you kind of saw that this past year. And I think one thing that paid made a major difference for him was getting that, off-season surgery, which obviously took him out for a while, but he mentioned how much better he felt after that. And I think at some point during the season, I want to say the tail end of the year, he still said that, you know, recovering from the, that kind of surgery, the amount of work that went into it uh, he still wasn't a hundred percent to open the air. They're still shaking off the rust. So now with another full season uh, I don't think he had any off-season procedures this year. Um, you know, you, you look at it, if he goes into this next season completely healthy without any limitations, is able to get back on the ice in a timely manner. Uh, we already know that he's a, like a workout freak guys, obviously always training pretty much year round. Uh, if he can hit another gear and may, whether that's just uh better shutdown numbers or, you know, his point totals jump up again, like uh, it wouldn't surprise you to have him have another year or two of a hundred plus points over an 82 game season. Right. So um, we'll see kind of what, the next step is because, of course, the decline is eventually going to get there for a guy his age. But you look at just the other factors, the fact that he's continued to get better, the fact that um, this offseason should be relatively normal for him, not just because of COVID, but because of just his overall recovery timeline. It's fair to assume that he maybe has another year or two where he can hit another level, which is, for the Bruins, great. For the rest of the league, very scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's 33 right now, but 34 yeah. at the end of next season. So, yeah, you have to assume one to two years left of this kind of domination on that top line, and that kind of just solidifies the fact that this Bruins needs to keep going for it. Needs to keep going for it, because uh, you don't want to waste the primes of Marchand. Bergeron's at the end of his prime. Uh, Pasternak's kind of just entering his. McAvoy, like, you don't want to waste that. And I think that's one of the big things uh, with Marchand's success. So, interested to see if he can get to fourth place or third place in the hard trophy voting. I think that would require a lot more points, um but who knows he could do it he's on a line that could do it so i never know uh with that around the league the stanley cup is taking place and it is canadians and the lightning which is a big <laughs> in terms of mo in terms of really everything uh but there are a few lessons the nhl is kind of a copycat league there are a few lessons that can be learned from this series and there was one you pointed out in a column recently that i really liked uh, and it's the size aspect on defense. Now, hmm, Connor, haven't we talked about this a lot before where, mm. uh, teams typically that go deep in the playoffs that, that go and win the cup final have bigger defensemen. And this seems yeah. to be the case with the Lightning and the, and the Habs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It always seems to be the case. And as much as, you know, I, I wrote something recently about, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit with with Connor Garland and while the Bruins should be interested in getting him just as a secondary scoring option. Everyone's like, well you gotta get bigger man. I'm like, well, you can pick and choose your battles as to where you, you need to get bigger on your roster, right? Because I don't know. Look at not not to compare the two, but look at uh Braden Point. Does Braden Point give a shit about uh, you know, being a smaller guy? Does Col has Gold Goffield given a shit at his size? Like you can still have smaller forwards that do very well in the playoffs, but one trend you've seen over the last couple of years has been teams rolling out a big, big decor. Um, and I mean, if you want to just really run through the list of like, let's look the last, uh, last two Stanley cup champions, uh, St. Louis blues. Everyone talks about the fact that they punched the Bruins in the face repeatedly over that seven game series, but it wasn't just that. It was also the fact that they had six dudes out there who took a whole bunch of space, limited the chances, uh, you know, really like did some damage against the Bruins forwards in that series. Um, but most importantly, limited those grade A looks. So, Petrangelo, 6'3, 210. Colton Pareco, 6'6, 230. Ooh. Not bad. Jay Boe 6'4, 206. Carl Gunnarsson, 6'2, 198. Joel Edmondson, 6'4, 215. And Vince Dunn, who's the smaller of the, the group, but six feet 203, kind of in that playmaking puck moving role. And even then, 6 feet 203, he's still, he's still a pretty big dude. Um, great. yes, maybe. Uh, and then, you know, 2020, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Victor Hedman, 6'6", 223, which I always forget, people always forget, I think, of how humongous Victor Hedman is. Like, he's already such a great player, but he's also a big boy. Uh, Ryan McDonough, 6'1", 215. Mikhail Sergachev, 6'3", 215. Eric Chernak, 6'3", 233. Shattenkirk six foot two oh six, and then they kind of had like Ruta and Bogosian, but all those guys are over six feet. I think uh, Bogosian six three two twenty one. Big decor. Yep. You Bogosian wonder why the Bru- big boy? <laughs> yeah, you wonder why the Bruins scored only three even strength goals. I think in that uh, Toronto bubble series against them, it's one you got Vasilevsky, but also you've got a bunch of big bodies in front of them that are limiting chances, are blocking shots, are clearing pucks out of great AI. So it makes a difference, and then. Look at uh, Mon- Montreal this year. Um, and I think uh, the biggest thing too is just having a lot of heft in their top four because uh, I think we've seen so far in this series, uh, especially the last few series with Montreal, John Merrill and Eric Gustafson are kind of like, yeah, we'll roll you guys out there a little bit. And, and Merrill's a, a pretty big duty 6'3, but like those guys don't get, don't play all that much in these games. But you just look at Montreal's top four, Weber, 6'4, 229. Joel Edmondson, again, 6'4, 215. Uh, Jeff Petrie, 6'3, 197. Um, and Ben Chariot, uh, 6'3, 225. So, like, they've literally got all bunch of big bodies back there. So, if you're the Bruins, and again, not saying that it means you have to just wipe this plate clean and it's like, all right, you got to get rid of Grizzly. You got to get rid of Riley. But if you have, like, one of Grizzly and then you add other pieces that, that fit in that spot, it makes uh, a major difference in terms of just how your decor is constituted. So whether that's the guys we've mentioned on this podcast many times, whether it's vi- via trade with Ekholm or a free agency with Alexiak or McCabe, like you need bigger bodies on that blue line desperately. It's something that it's not like it's a, a, a thing that's like a trendy uh, way a team plays or a style of play or how they execute. It's a trend every single year with these teams that go deep is they've got a lot of big bodies on that decor.
0: And a lot of those big bodies, by the way, are good puck movers. I mean, you look yes. at guy like Sergeyev, Sergeyev's a beast. <laughs> I mean, that guy's huge and he's out there shifty, moving the puck well, uh, breaking out of his own zone. Well, so that's the thing. And, and again, it's all about limiting those high danger chances and bigger guys tend to do it a little bit better because they're not going to let you to those chance to those areas. So um, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it. We mentioned our Bruins, but we mentioned it on this Alexiak, McCabe, you said Ekholm you got to add one of those guys Ekholm home, obviously is going to be much more difficult, but guy like Alexiak. Um, I mean, even John Merrill for a third pairing role. I mean, I know he's, you know, not getting a ton of time, but he's bigger. He helps in that regard. You know, you can rely on him in, his, in your own zone. So uh, you definitely need that. You need that. I mean, Lozon has a little bit of a bite, has a little bit of a punch to him, you know, but younger guy, you know, needs to maybe grow, you know, grow into his own a little bit. So, um, that's, I think the main lesson, I think that might be the only lesson. I don't know if there's any, I mean, the other lesson, and I've said this before, you got to develop down the middle. When I look, mm-hmm. when I look at the Canadians and I even look at the, the lightning, a lot of their own development down the middle of the ice, which the Bruins do not have a lot of, uh, at this moment, I'm talking young guys, not Bergeron and Creech. I'm talking, you know, younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you just look at Montreal, Deneau, Suzuki, um, mm-hmm. like, Develop their own guys. Develop their own guys down the middle, and that's a core. That's yeah. a core. Like you know, Dano shut down Stone in that last series. You know that is a legit core Damn. down the middle. Uh, and the and the other thing I'll say is, both of these teams are in your division next year. <laughs> and I know people keep. I, I tweeted this, and people keep discounting the Canadians. And you said this on Bruins, Pete. That's a good roster. That is not a roster. I mean, I know they were like 18th overall this year. Um, and I mean, really got to the cup final by, you know, wouldn't do that every year, but that's not a bad team. That's a pretty damn good roster. You know, yeah. on D you mentioned up front, obviously have carry price in net. So they're in your division, the lightning um, sabers, the sabers, <laughs> the sabers. I love people replying to my tweet or quote it being like, don't forget about the sabers. Don't forget about the senators. I'm like, no, no, like I'm, no. I'm happy. I'm happy to forget about those.
1: Teams. Which, which I will give credit though. Like Senators could be like pretty solid by like another year or two. Like as much as that team's an absolute shit show. Like when they do well, they usually develop guys pretty well. Like they always. The problem is they never keep them. That's the That's problem. The they don't. retain
0: them, but they develop. But
1: them. but like they do a pretty good job of rolling out like good prospects. They draft well and they get good. So like. The, I'm not saying the Senators is going to be like a, a breakout team next year, but they could be a team that can be a pain in the ass in the next couple of years and are on the kind of upswing. So oh, it's not yeah. going to be easy.
0: No. And they also have the Panthers in their division and Panthers, yep. and the Maple Leafs. I know people don't like to hear that because it's the Maple Leafs, but that's still like a pretty solid regular season team. So, <laughs> and, and I, you just imagine them at least getting to the playoffs. What happens after? Who knows? But um, so yeah, that is that. That I think that's really it from the Cup final. If there's anything else, that's I mean, the only other lesson is you wish there were two uh, better teams in this. Maybe Lightning in Vegas, or I know Bruins fans, which there was a team that they could actively root for because there's no reason for the, you don't want the Canadians to win. You don't want the Lightning to win. So what are you gonna do? But anyways, that is Poked the Bear episode fifty. Connor before. Uh, We head out. Uh, What can the people look forward to over at BSJ?
1: Yeah, we did a a breakdown earlier this week of uh, potential trade for Connor Island. We looked at uh, uh, defensemen they could trade for. I think uh, moving forward this week, we'll start looking at um, kind of ideal plans for the offseason, kind of mapping out if everything went right, what what we'd be looking at Um, next week. I think early on the week, we're going to have I will be in uh, South Carolina, but we will still have content uh churning out over at BSJ. So I think we're gonna have a uh our annual report cards finally coming out. By hopefully by next week the end of the season should probably be near. I don't think this series is gonna go very long. I don't think that we're gonna go to a, a seven game series between uh Tampa and Montreal. So we'll have report cards out next week and start looking ahead to uh this upcoming season finally as we get closer to the Kraken draft because again I don't think we're going to see a lot of actual traction happen before that happens. So um we'll have all that over at BHA, though. So subscribe at BostonSportsChannel.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. Connor, have fun in South Carolina. Uh, I will be sweating. Po- oh, yes. But we are up here, too. I've yeah, so I'm actually kind of used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been sweating this whole podcast because I just got out of the shower. My room is super hot, and it's just, you know so hot in this world we got right now but anyways have fun in south carolina southie maybe call it southie we'll call it Southie.
1: i will absolutely never do that but no you gotta do
0: it (laughs) turn it into southie anyways that is poke the bear episode 50 connor ryan evan marinovsky you bruins uh poke the bear listeners (laughs) have a great rest of your day